Spirit Radio Podcasts. Elections took place last week in Pakistan with former cricket star Imran Khan emerging victorious. But who is Imran Khan? What are his political beliefs? And what impact will these election results be for Christians living in Pakistan? In studio to tell us a little bit more, we've David Turner, director of the Irish charity Church in Chains. David, good morning to you. Good morning, Wendy. Well, talk us through the recent elections in Pakistan because we haven't really heard a lot about it in the Irish media. The results and what that might mean. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, well, Church and Chains is an interest in Pakistan, of course, because uh, there's been a lot of suffering for Christians over the years, and particularly the focus has been on the blasphemy law that exists in Pakistan and that has been disproportionately used against religious minorities. And it, it would be, is it Asia Bibi that people would know? Well, it from would. Pakistan, that would it kind would. Of the name that people know. Yeah, yeah, she's been in prison for nine years under the blasphemy law and indeed under sentence of death. So, um, you know, that that exists in Pakistan and we here in Ireland, we wouldn't normally think of blasphemy laws featuring in election campaigns. But uh, Imran Khan, who, as you say, most people will remember as a great cricketer, um, kind of 20, 30 years ago now, he's been a politician in Pakistan for about 20 years. He's never been uh, in power. Um, He's done reasonably well, but he's never come close to attaining power. But uh, he... Basically, his party became the largest party in the elections, and many people think it's because he went out of his way to speak about the blasphemy law during the election campaign. And uh, previously, he hadn't, um, you know, said too much about it. But most analysts think that he realised that within Pakistan, the blasphemy law is a big issue for many uh, Muslim conservatives. So he basically. Uh, went out of his way in political speeches to say that he supported the blasphemy law and that he wasn't going to change it and that it was a complete law. And interestingly, he did refer to Asiya Bibi and he referred to it as being, uh, he realised that the law was an inconvenience to uh, that poor woman, Asiya Bibi. Um, But nevertheless, he supported the law. So... Um, Pakistani Christians are are waiting and wondering. They're wondering, you know, Will are the words yeah. Will it have an impact? Um, are words spoken in an election campaign words that are followed through, or could it be that uh, somebody, once they attain power, maybe from a position of strength, uh, and it, I find it interesting and maybe slightly encouraging that he he name-checked Asiya Bibi, but also said that poor woman, Asiya Bibi, uh, because, unfortunately, Asiya Bibi's name is well-known in Pakistan. We know it. Here we've been talking, uh, Irish Christians have been supporting and praying for Asiya Bibi to be released, so we know her name. But her name is well-known by opponents in Pakistan. So, you know, some uh, Muslim conservative groups, you know, have had panners with pictures of Asiya Bibi and a noose um, so they really want Pakistan to execute Asiya Bibi. But when Imran Khan spoke about her, he described her as that poor woman, Asiya Bibi. And so, you know, there would be a, an element of, of hope that that implies some uh, some sympathy with Asiya Bibi's situation. And maybe uh, perhaps that uh, he might do something about it. And has there been much reaction from Christians living in Pakistan to Imran Khan's election? Uh, I think Christians are waiting and and wondering and most of them are somewhat worried because um, 
the the words about the blasphemy law concern them because um, they fear that you know uh, the words might uh, give those who are of ill will um, more of a blank check to actually use the blasphemy law or misuse it against Christians because as we have often discussed in this studio it's really just the accusation of blasphemy that kind of ruins a person's life um, even if they are eventually acquitted of the charge they would probably lose their business lose their home have to move to a new community and try and uh, start again so the other thing that slightly concerns uh, Christians is that um, Imran Khan again talking up perhaps political rhetoric um, when he was asked what kind of government he wanted to form. He said he wanted to be like the government that Muhammad set up in Medina. So again, religious references. Uh, we do know that Imran Khan has kind of uh, moved personally from, you know, he was a, a, a playboy and a socialite in, in London during his cricketing heyday. He's, he is now known as a devout Muslim. Um, but we just don't know uh, how far he believes some of the things that he's been saying. In terms of, I suppose the real question is then, as you say, David, it's it, it, we have to wait and see what happens next. But um, can, do you think that one leader with the right kind of political will and strength of character can really make changes to things like the blasphemy law in, in a country like Pakistan? Yes, I do. I do. And... Um, you know, my mind is when you use the word leader, my mind goes back to the the, the, the scripture when uh, Paul encourages Christians to pray for all those for leaders and all those who are in authority and the people who are in positions of leadership, whether it be our own country or in Pakistan, uh, can have a huge influence. And Pakistan is a, is a country where there's a huge focus on who is prime minister. Uh, you know, the people who attain other uh, leadership positions are important, but the uh, the head person, the prime minister, is a very important uh, role. And Imran Khan, you know, has the personality. He has the drive. Um, he's, I think he's 65 now, but relatively speaking, he in political terms, he has uh, youth on his side. So he could be a force for great good. And sometimes if somebody comes to power and they have used the uh, the rhetoric of um, that they've said the right words to get the votes, they sometimes early on in their term, they can make brave and bold decisions. So, you know, I could envisage uh, a dream that maybe Imran Khan could be the leader who would resolve the Asya Bibi uh, situation. Yeah, well, here's, here's, here's praying that that will happen, David. want to just to quickly move to another story about the peace deal that was signed in July between Ethiopia and Eritrea. What was this agreement and what will its impact be, do you think? Yes, uh, well, we're, we've been talking about leaders this morning and um, the whole situation in the Horn of Africa and relations between Ethiopia and Eritrea have just been overturned by one man whose name I didn't know four or five months ago. And... The man's name is Dr. Abiy Ahmed. He is, he's just become Prime Minister of Ethiopia back, I think, in May. Uh, he has a Muslim father. He's a Christian mother. He's a, a member of the Full Gospel Ethiopian Church. His wife uh, is one of the praise leaders in that church. Came to power in Ethiopia in May and it's really been like a whirlwind. He released thousands of political prisoners. 
and kind of the, the game changers really have been uh, that he accepted a UN decision on the border conflict between Ethiopia and Eritrea and this is where it kind of all comes uh, becomes relevant for our concern for Christians in Eritrea uh, because for the last 20 years there's been an unresolved war between Ethiopia and Eritrea and the UN declaration favoured Eritrea regarding the border. Ethiopia never accepted that. Suddenly Dr. Abiy comes in, he accepts that, he makes speeches like uh, I want to go and visit uh, Eritrea and he did, received kind of like a long lost brother and uh, the picture up on our website of he em and embracing Isaiah Safawerki, the president of Eritrea. Uh, flights were opened between uh, Addis Ababa and Asmara. Um, President Afewerki visited Addis Ababa. So peace has broken out. He, he makes speeches like love is more important than tanks and missiles. So huge hope. And I suppose the big question is, are there going to be changes in Eritrea? There have been the huge changes that I've just described being driven by Ethiopia. But Eritrea, we're still waiting. There's, there's huge hope, but there's still hundreds of Christians in prison in Eritrea. The people there, there's indefinite military service. The UN has called it uh, a place where there's crimes against humanity. So we're waiting and hoping and praying. Well, it sounds like it's going in the right direction, that's for sure. Uh, that's it for now, David. We have run out of time. I've been joined by David Turner of The Church in Chains. And if you want to find out about the work that The Church in Chains do, the incredible work they do, or sign up for their updates, you can go onto their website, churchinchains.ie. David, thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.